The bye week is coming gone for Arizona State Sun Devils football, but we still need to figure out what needs to be changed. Let's take a look at all of that on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. As always, I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Levels all the time. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Remember, we're available and free wherever you get those podcasts that you're listening to, including YouTube, if you want to check us out on a visual platform. Of course, wherever you do get your podcast, though, make sure you're hitting like and subscribe and turn on that notifications button so you get an update whenever we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. Everything Arizona State Sun Devils football and basketball right around the corner as well. To stay in touch with a lot of the content, make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36. You can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. So today's conversation. These are the things I want to see moving forward for Arizona State for the second half of the season following the team's bye week. Bye week came at, I, I don't know if I'd call it the perfect time, but it, it was a timely bye week for Arizona State. that you were able to kind of root through all of your issues, so to speak, and head into the bye week with some kind of confidence, right? I know a lot of people wish that the bye week wasn't this week because, you know, oh, well, we would have been able to, you know, have, have taken this this hot streak that we had, this this momentum that we built up against Washington and taken it into the next game. But at the same time, it was only a one-game win streak, okay? It was just one win. It was your first win since the very beginning of the season. So right, wrong, or indifferent, I think the bye week came at a good time. I, I understand both sides. But I do think this was a good time for the bye week because you get through a bunch of really crushing losses, really frustrating losses, and then you go into a week to prepare and better yourselves coming off of the biggest one of your season, one of the biggest wins of the last few years for Arizona State. And you're looking at the second half of the year, which is not going to be easy because you have four road games compared to just two home games. You, you've got a lot of adversity that you're going to be going up against, which includes a, a two, two straight weeks on the road going to Palo Alto this Saturday to play Stanford and then Bowler the following Saturday um, to, to play Colorado. And for what it's worth, Colorado's just got to win against Cal. So that they're, they're no longer the rollover, so to speak. Neither here nor there. But these are the things that you're hoping they were able to kind of grasp following that win, right? The first thing is I want to see consistency and continuity from play calling moving forward. I want to know that this team has ironed out everything it needs to iron out and it feels more confident about itself again. And it's ready to actually roll into a, a week-to-week basis with a firm game plan as far as like a confidence level goes. Now, naturally you have to adjust game plans and tweak them, so to speak, but I want this to be an Arizona state team that has a firm identity in who it is now. I don't want to continue worrying about what's the offense going to look like. How's the defense going to handle this kind of adversity? You know, this, that, and the other, all those different things that kind of bubble to the surface. When we think about Arizona state, some levels football, I don't want to have to worry about that. I want to be able to go into this game and say, you know what? I like the game plan they have. I think these guys know what they want to do. 
they know what they're good at. They know what they're bad at. They should be able to, at this point in the season, you know, you were literally at the halfway point. You got to play six games. You take a bye week. You play your final six games. So you're at a halfway point. You're coming off a bye week. You should, at to this point, know exactly how you want to play offense, right? So I'm looking now at the coaches specifically, and I'm saying, you know, show me, show me what you've learned. Show me how this is going to be a better unit than it previously was. And we'll break it down a little further here. Offensively, who's the quarterback? That's the first thing we got to figure out before we can even firmly establish what the offense is going to look like. Tell me who the quarterback is. And I have a feeling we're not going to know up until Saturday. All signs probably point to Emory Jones returning because he didn't lose his job. He was injured and had to be replaced and then was kept out precautionary. He didn't lose the job. Okay. Like, yes, Trent Borgay was leaps and bounds better than anything that Jones had put on tape this year. But that could very well just be a one game thing. You know, maybe Emery is finally on the right track to breaking out. You can't just yank him. I I don't think you can. I don't know. Again, this reminds me of 2014 with Taylor Kelly and Mike Bercovici. And it's like, well, what are you supposed to do kind of situation? And the, the, the way it went was you play Taylor Kelly until you realized, you know, okay. Yeah. Taylor's not doing it. We got it. We got to get break, bring a uh, Bercovici back out. I feel like that's probably the same situation here. And is. You go back to Emery, but, you know, how short is Emery's leash kind of thing? But the moment you get your quarterback situation figured out, I want to know what the rest of it's going to look like. Because I feel like you constantly this year were trying all sorts of different things and nothing was working, but you kept going back to them sometimes. And then you got away from some of your strengths. So you're running the ball really well, but we're not going to do it anymore because we want to do a deep ball that we can't hit. Well, you could hit it with Trenton Borgay. You can't hit it with Emery Jones. So... I just, I, I want to know what your conclusive identity is because the identity that you stuck with all year worked a lot better with Trenton Borgay than it did with Emory Jones. So if you're going to stay with this offense, then I think you need to stick with Borgay. But if you are willing to tailor your offense to the strengths of Emory Jones, then you need to go back to Emory Jones. Emory Jones is a much higher ceiling player. Emory Jones is a terrific athlete with good arm strength and the ability to make guys look silly. I, there's there's very few guys on this Arizona State Sun Devils roster that possess that kind of skill set, right? Like the guy is just uber talented. So cater your offense to him. Find a way to make it work. But if you refuse, then stick with Borgay. Okay, Borgay made the offense click the way that Emery has not. It's not Emery's fault. It's just not an offense that is set up for him to succeed. So that's what I want to see out of the offense. I want to see some kind of continuity. I know we can run the football. I know I know we can run the football very well. That's not a question. I know we have solid pass catchers with some explosive weapons like Elijah Badger. I know this. I don't I don't need to find out more about that. I know the offensive line is a liability. I don't need to know this. What I need to know, and I really need to know this, is are you going to finally drum up consistency? Stop flirting with different mentalities stop wanting to try one thing and then either quickly getting away from it when it works or forcing it when it's not working i just want to see you do something defensively i want to see you put a full four quarters together man like it just feels like it hasn't happened this year 
we've had some really solid outings from the team, like the Oklahoma State game. And then we've had some really frustrating games, like the Eastern Michigan game. Uh, Utah rolled you. USC rolled you. Washington put up 38 on you. That's normally losing every single time. But this week, Arizona State actually stepped up to the occasion. So, But you take away the three-point game against NAU, literally every single team since then has scored 30 or more points. So at this point, I'm not expecting you to hold teams like under that threshold by a lot, including a Stanford or a Colorado that are coming up. I look at those and I'm like, yeah, they're they're probably going to be some ugly games, honestly. Just call a spade a spade, as a famous Richie Bradshaw has said before. But show me some consistency. Show me that you can finally get after the passer because I I feel like you tease it and then you take it away from us. And continue the interceptions, man. Like, no one's going to be complaining with those turnovers. Seven interceptions, one in each game this year. Terrific. Never, ever going to complain about that. One quick break. We're going to head into real quick before we get back to talk about some more specific things offensively that I want to see change for Arizona State Sun Levels uh, following the bye week. But first, I want to talk to you about our good friends over at Simply Safe. Numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect our home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe for my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it I live out in the middle of nowhere, but with Simply Safe, I've got terrific technology which includes cameras that give me 24-7 monitoring, crystal clear HD streaming. I'm constantly aware of everything that's going around in my house, and I never have to feel alone. For 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police on or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced security systems, or excuse me, with advanced sensors for every room window, and door. HD security security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, or other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real. So you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, back into this awesome conversation about Arizona State Sun Devils football moving forward. Here's what I want to see out of the offense, more specifically kind of breaking things down. I want to see more Daniel Nagata. Boom, boom, boom. Give me more Nagata. He is so good, and he's not getting nearly as many touches as he should. Through six games, he has 30 carries. That's five carries a game. I understand he's running back two, and I understand that Valade is running back one, like de facto, like there's there's no debating who's who here kind of thing. The way I thought it was going to be more of a 1A, 1B, it's definitely like a 1-2 punch. But 
I want to see Nagata get more involved because Nagata has been outstanding with the the occasional spots that he has been given to shine in. He's averaging 6.4 yards per carry on the whole year. He's got 193 yards. He scored a touchdown. He's a big chunk play machine too. I mean, he's just churning out big game or big run, excuse me, big run after big run after big run. I mean, looking at all his games this year, last week against Washington, he touched the ball four times on the ground, 39 yards on a touchdown, 26 yard long. He had 10.7 against Eastern Michigan. He had six against NAU. He had 5.8 against USC. This is a guy who just needs to get more incorporated into the offense. I don't know how you do it. I don't care how you do it, but get Daniel Nagata more involved. I want to see more Nagata in the ground game. And conversely, I want to see more ex validate in the passing game because Valade has been just one of the best weapons in the Pac-12 this year. He's been absurd. He's been outstanding. He's done everything you needed him to do, and then a little bit more. He's got almost 600 rushing yards in six games this year, four games with over 600, or uh, four games with 100 yards rushing, and has scored a touchdown in five games this year. He's got eight total touchdowns. He's also starting to, to, to uh, not convert, uh, like mind fart, brain fart. That's how bad this is. He's starting to contribute. That was the word I was looking for on in the, in the, in the passing game. First two weeks, he didn't have a single catch. He now has 13 catches in the last four games. He's turned it into 106 yards and two touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in each of the last two games as well. We knew coming into his, his tenure here at Arizona state that he could catch the football. During his time at Washington, he caught 51 passes in three years. That's that's not an accident that you have a guy who's able to be that interactive, I guess, within the passing game. This is this is a special guy, you know. This is someone that I want to see get more involved in the passing attack because I think he's very capable of being a very, very good pass catching running back. I'm not saying he's Rashad White. Rashad White is exemplary at what he did as a receiver out of the backfield. But I do think that X validate can be, hmm, I was going to say DJ Foster, probably not DJ Foster. Cause I don't know if, I don't know if Rashad white was DJ Foster. He can be incredibly good though. Like he can, he could probably be your second best receiver behind Elijah Badger. And that's the guy I want to talk about next very briefly, because for the most part, they're doing a very good job of this. But keep Elijah Badger incredibly involved in this passing attack right now. 31 catches on the year, leads the team by a landslide of his 372 receiving yards, also lead the team by over 130 yards, and he's got three touchdowns of the seven passing touchdowns this year. So Badger has become like de facto wide receiver one for Arizona State. Couldn't be happier about it. I know there was a lot of hype for him coming into this year, I did not think it was going to be this guy's the number one receiver hype. I thought it was going to be, this is going to be a good playmaker hype. But Elijah Badger is special. This dude is a very, very talented player. You got to keep getting him involved any way that you can. But the final thing I want to say here about the offense, because I'm not going to keep talking about the quarterbacks. I already did that. I don't want to waste breath on the offensive line because there's only so much I can say. Like they need to be better. That's just, you know, it, it, it's as black or white and as a statement as it's going to get. There's there's no gray to see in between there. You're playing good or you're playing bad. They need to play better. Get the tight ends back involved. Get the tight ends back involved. 
Messiah Swenson has seven catches this year. Jalen Conyers has eight catches this year. Both of them, and Swenson especially, have looked incredibly promising as pass catchers for this team when they're given their opportunities. Swenson, remember, caught uh, three passes for 50 yards in his opening game of the year against NAU and looked like he was going to be one of the most integral parts of this passing attack for the team, but that didn't end up happening. He's just kind of a guy there right now, unfortunately. Jalen Conyers has just yet to really receive a large enough role in the offense to where you feel like this could definitely be, you know, a guy who is worthy of giving extra snaps to and this, that, and the other kind of thing. But I do think that the tight end should probably be incorporated a little bit more than it is because outside of Elijah Badger, you've got Giovanni Sanders, who's been a stud, uh, you know, everyone else is really just there. Brian Thompson has had some really nice plays the last couple of weeks. I hope that continues. Andre Johnson continues to be a complete non-factor. Uh, Cam Johnson's not getting involved. Ch Charles Hall is fun. I don't think he's anything that should be consistently used. But to me, if I'm looking at my passing chart in terms of like my progressions, I guess, like just roll with me. This is really weird. But like at the top of my target, target, uh, like list, like who I'm looking at first, it's Elijah Badger by a lot. Next, probably Giovanni Sanders. And then I probably go X Valade. But this is where you start to mix in some different guys. Is it Brian Thompson next? Is it one of the other receivers like Charles Hall or Andre Johnson? Or is it one of the tight ends? Is it Conyers? Is it uh, Swinson? I don't know. But I do want to see the tight end start to get more involved. So if it were up to me, my five, we'll go five, would be Badger, Sanders, Valade, Swinson, Conyers. I just want to get that tight end position more involved. And the only reason I have Valade ahead of those tight ends is because Valade is a borderline elite receiving talent as a, as a running back. So that's just kind of where I sit with it, I suppose. But... I definitely want to see more out of the tight ends moving forward. It just, yeah, plain and simple. Get them more involved. They're talented. They're big. They're strong. They're athletic. One more quick break. And then when we return, we're going to finish up our conversation looking at the defensive side of the ball and some of the things I want to see from them moving forward. But first, I want to talk to you really quick about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is still your number one source for all your football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Hosted by my good, good, good friend and number one friend of the podcast, Spencer McLaughlin. Get everything you need to know about the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Just like Locked on Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. You literally have no excuse to not check it out, especially when I'm on there all the time. Go give them, give them some love, guys. Go check out the Locked on 
Pac-12 podcast now. Make it your second listen right after you make Locked on Sun Devils your first listen. Defensively, these are the final things I want to see from you moving forward. I want to see the pass rush. At this point, I think if you got 10 sacks on the year, that's a win. At, at this point, that's what it's starting to feel like. you got, what, four sacks this year? You've got four sacks through six games, and I think you've got two multi-sack games. No. No, no, no. Yeah, you have the one multi-sack game. Yeah, so you have the game against Eastern Michigan. We got two sacks. Uh, you sacked Caleb Williams two weeks ago, and then you sacked Michael Penix this past weekend. Well, two weekends ago. You you know what I mean. Stop making fun of me. I can hear you. I, I want to get you. I want to see you get the 10. But I I need to see this pass rush come alive, man. This secondary can only do so much. And they're all things considered, they're playing pretty dang well, dude. To have seven interceptions with five of them coming from your defensive backs is incredibly impressive. These guys have stepped up. And that's in spite of the fact that the pass rush is just completely non-existent. Even from guys that we were expecting to put up some good years, right? You know, uh, I, I was huge on Trevez Moore and BJ Green coming into the year. They both split a sack this uh, the last game against Washington to get their first sack of the year. Definitely would have thought they would have had a few more by then. Um, who else is there? Anthony Cooper, I was hoping would be more productive. Omar Norman Lott, I was hoping would be more productive. Other than that, I mean, you've got, what is that? Two, two sacks from your defensive line. One sack from linebacker Merlin Robertson and one sack from Mr. Do It All, Corey Bethel. So you gotta you gotta find a way to dial up that pass rush. And actually, I do want to transition over to Corey Bethley. Get him involved. You are finally starting to see the rewards and reap the benefits of allowing Corey Bethley to play football. The dude is really good. The dude is just instinctive. He's got NFL knowledge. He's going to make it to the pros. I'm not saying he's getting drafted. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he will be on a roster next year, for sure. This dude just absolutely knows ball. And he's just getting better every single week for this team. He's yet to get an interception, and he's right there. I know it's just a matter of time before he's able to rack one up. But he's playing everywhere. They play him safety. They play him nickel. They play him base. They play him near the line of scrimmage. They blitz him. They have him cover deep and man-to-man and sideline to sideline and blow up balloon animals on the field for the kids. He does everything for you. Continue to do that. Get more creative with some of these guys, especially like a Corey Bethley. Because while you have a guy like Corey Bethley to kind of play around as this like queen chess piece, just put him in every different direction you want to use him, you've got other guys who you know exactly what to get out of them, like Merlin Robertson. You need to continue to create just an easy role for him because unfortunately he's not a game-breaking linebacker like we had all hoped he would one day become. He is a good linebacker. He is a quality linebacker. He is a starter and a leader on this team. I don't want to see this defense without him. But his role just cannot be as diverse as a guy like Corey Bethley says. So get creative with Bethley, right? Put him all over the place. You've started to do this now. Just continue to do this. That's all I'm saying. Eventually, the interceptions probably have to stop. There's a very low chance you have an interception in every single game this season. You're batting a 1,000 so far. That's remarkable. You've got seven interceptions in six games. 
I don't know if it's sustainable. I truly hope it is. But if it's not, then the last thing I want to see out of you guys here is just continuing to show me the ability to create plays on the ball. Breaking up passes. Flying to the ball and punching it out. Or tackles behind the line of scrimmage. I just want to see some dogs out there. You know, give me, let me take these players in an x-ray machine and I want to see like a little bulldog or a pit bull in their ribcage. I want to see that dog in them. I want to see that these guys are ready to step up to the occasion, that they're ready to be these, these, these incredible players that we know they're capable of being. I think that there's a ton of potential in the secondary. I think that this pass rush is better than it is. So I want to see that moving forward. I want to see everyone playing to the best of their abilities. I want to see the secondary continue to grow. Like I said, I'd love the interception to, to continue, but at a minimum, just keep showing me the growth that you guys have shown me. I think the secondary has played way better than any of us could have anticipated this year. And it still hasn't been a great year from the secondary. But nonetheless, I'm very happy with what I've seen. I hope that you guys can find a way to be equally happy as well because they're they're playing out of their minds with everything that they've had to go up against. That being said, I think that's all I got for you on this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sunnables podcast. We will be pushed back one day this week, so it'll be a Tuesday to Saturday week instead of a Monday to Friday. Had a lot of internet issues over the weekend, so my apologies there. But yeah, that's going to be it for this edition of the Locked on Sunnables. So, Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Hit like and subscribe. Turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. That content is five days a week covering football, covering basketball. If you want to stay in touch with that content, follow me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36. You can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sundle. Stay in touch with everything that's going on with the podcast all the time. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sundle.